heard a Helen Keller joke. Then a doctor at OHSU approached her about an experimental trial. Would she be interested? She knew all about gene therapy and about the retinal transplants that had so far failed to develop synaptic connections with their hosts, but she didn't know about this, a prosthesis built by a Seattle-based tech company. It converted video images captured by a camera into electrical pulses that bypassed the diseased outer retina and poured into over 1,000 electrodes on the inner retina. They called it Mirage. It's all very Star Trek, the doctor told her when describing the device, not glasses so much as a silver shield that wrapped your eyes. She liked his Indian accent, the buoyancy of the vowels, making his words sound as if they were gently bouncing. Her mother worried that people would stare, and Hannah said, They already stare. At least they'd be studying her now with awe and curiosity rather than pity. I'll be a cyborg, a terminator. Her mother could never afford the surgery. The removal of the post-subcapsular cataracts and spoke-wheel pattern of cysts, the insertion of the casing and array and antennae along the periphery of her sockets, which didn't matter. The tech company would pay for everything, so long as she agreed to serve as their lab rat and advertisement. Now, three weeks after she went under the knife, it's time to take off the bandages. Now it's time to wire up the mirage, to see. The doctor tells her it might take time for her brain to process this new sensory experience. Think of it like this. What if I gave you a new set of lungs that allowed you to breathe underwater? The first time you jumped in the river and took a deep breath, your body would fight the feeling, thinking you were drowning. There will be a little bit of that at first, a little bit of drowning, but I believe it will pass quickly. Hannah knows the sun is a yellow ball of fire. She can still see the smear of it. But the image has been replaced more by a feeling of warmth that tingles the hair on her arms and makes her turn her face toward the source. Yes, a pine tree has a reddish trunk and green needles and cuts away the sky when you stand beneath it. But for her, the sensory analog is the smell of resin and the feel of scabby bark plates beneath her palm and the sound of the hushing, prickling breeze when it rushes through the branches. The ability to see has become an abstraction something she can only vaguely imagine, like time travel or teleportation. She sits on an exam table with the doctor leaning in and her mother hovering nearby. He tries to make small talk, asking how school, is she excited, will she do anything to celebrate, but she can barely manage a response, all of her attention on the tug of his hands, the wounded ache of her eyes. We don't go out to restaurants very much, but we're going to one tomorrow, her mother says. Benedict's for lunch, to celebrate. With my sister. She writes for the paper. Maybe you've read her articles. 
She writes about other people's problems, but let me tell you, she has plenty of her own. Anyway, as long as Hannah is feeling up for it, that's what we're planning. That's nice, the doctor says. Almost done. Then the last bit of bandage pulls away, and he says, There. A part of Hannah feels lighter, more buoyant, now that she's unrestricted by all that gauze and tape. But another part of her feels more panicked than ever, as if, when he said, There, a light switch should have turned on in her head. For now, there is only darkness. Her brain churns. She can taste her breakfast in her throat. He leans in and thumbs aside her lids and shines a light on the still, sore incisions and nudges the outlet. Good, good. Okay. I think we're ready for Mirage. Hannah.